I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. We have a special treat for you all today. This was our first live show recorded at Megacon 2023 in Orlando, Florida, to a sold-out attendance. I mean, we didn't sell tickets to the panel. Anybody could come to the panel. But Megacon itself was sold out, and we thought nobody was going to come to our event, and it was hysterical. We had a line uh, a mile long to get into our room for the for the live show they locked the doors wouldn't let anybody else in so i apologize to anybody who missed it but for those who did now you can listen to it here so we're going to play the panel for you in its entirety there is a glitch that happened it was kind of funny about five minutes in we had just really started going and uh my wonderful producer Callie and I were, you know, the live guests and we had Erica zooming in because Erica was, you know, going through a move at the time. Uh, But we lost signal right as we were discussing one of our favorite subjects, the wonderful Robert the Doll. Yeah. Yeah. So the minute that you're missing is us talking about how awesome Robert is, how amazing he is. And we're talking about him now as though, you know, he is, he's the best. We love Robert the Doll. It is the the best haunted doll in the world. And, you know, never say a bad thing about Robert. So that's all that's kind of missed there. Right, right, Callie? Yeah, uh, that was really it. Um, And I do think it's wild that that's what we missed because, yeah, that you guys know how I feel about haunted dolls, particularly Robert, who is handsome and wonderful and we love him and his little lion too. Um, I... Yeah, I don't know. It, it it's interesting that that's the bit of audio that we lost. Um, but that that was it though. Everything else, it's it, we recorded fine, and uh, it it'll be a great listen for you, and we hope you enjoy. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, and because it was a live show, we're gonna put ads at the end. So feel free, you know, to to listen all the way through and then get our wonderful ads at the end. Uh, and we, you know, we'd appreciate it. The sponsors would appreciate it. But thank you, Megacon, for having us. And you can schedule for next year. It's going to be early February next year in Orlando. So get away from the cold. Come down to Orlando and go to the biggest con around. Buy your tickets early because it is crazy busy. And, uh, and then get in line early for our panels because... We did four panels over four days, and all four were sold out. So it was crazy. You couldn't get into our rooms. So, but anyway, without mm-hmm. further ado, let's go to the wonderful MegaCon live panel the top five scariest places in Florida. Enjoy. Uh, we're here at MegaCon. And uh, we are, they put the paranormal panels three floors up and all the way down at the end. So, you know, they were trying to hide us, right? From anything. Did you get, did you get lost, Mark, on the way out? Yeah, it was, it was scary. Uh, You know, we had to fight our way up because there were, you know, there were people that just were like, you don't want to go that way. That's the scary place. And um, uh, so, but uh, Callie made it. Yeah, hi. So, hi. so you're in person. 
We have our producer in person, which is whoop, whoop. And, producer in the uh, house. Um, we are still going to do this no matter what, right? So the yeah, five people gonna, in that room with you, you're going to entertain, minutes, right? Yeah. Okay. okay. But uh, but anyway, I thought you might want to say hi to the people. So everybody who's here, say hi to Erica. Oh my God! Hi! Wow! <laughs> Sadly, we can't get you up on the big screen for some reason. So, yeah. uh, so you're just gonna have to be here with us. But I, I'm gonna turn you around. And, okay, that'll uh, be nice because I I have to look at you all the time. The whole time, me all the time. So Erica is. I mean, you guys have to squint really hard to see her. Yeah. You know. But anyway, uh, I'm Mark Muncie. I am the author of Erie Travels and the co-host of our wonderful show, uh, Erie Travels. So I write the Erie Travels uh, books. This is my producer. Tally Muncie, no relation. Oh, wait, yo, kid. Oh uh, and, and then this is our publisher, Erica Lance from Four Horsemen Publishing. Erica, introduce yourself. I would love to. Hello, everyone. I'm Erica Lance. I'm also a horror author, a publisher with Four Horsemen Publications. And I um, lost a bet, so I have to host this podcast with Mark for at least a few years. It was a big <laughs> bet, and I lost it, which sucked. But here I am, and it's wonderful to see all of you. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy. So thank you all for coming. I am not Juan Carlos Esposito. I apologize. Uh, but um, you are all here to hear the top five scariest places in Florida. Am I correct? Yes. All right. We might know a thing or two. We might know a thing or two about a thing or two. So um, we were Mark. Mark. Yes. yes. I have to give a little trigger warning disclaimer. So hello, oh, everyone. Yes. Trigger warning. Yes. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. So um, several of these places have very, they're not just spooky. They have pretty horrible histories attached to why they are as haunted as they are. So um, we are going to be touching on things like um, abuse, uh, slavery, rape, that sort of thing. So I'm yep. just letting the audience know in advance that if any of these things are real big triggers for you, you have to use your judgment in listening to this panel and uh, from our podcast. So there's your official trigger disclaimer warning that it's going to get really, really dark. Recording in progress because we're recording the broadcast live. We're back. We're back. Guys. Okay. Connection now. I hope so because I don't oh. know if my disclaimer came through. Yes, 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 it did. We lost it right after the disclaimer. Don't as worry. as the universe should, I think, as the universe and I, should. I gave a brief description of Robert as kind of our baseline. Even oh though yes. But he is a spooky person. Yeah, our spooky doll. Yeah. He's great. We love Robert. Oh my god. Handsome Robert. Handsome Robert. Yes, everybody, if you know the story about Robert, he has the rules. Don't make fun of him. Don't take his picture without permission. And always say goodbye when you leave Robert. That's the rule that everybody forgets because otherwise you don't break the connection. And then if you screw any of that up, you write him a letter of apology. And the plus side is three presidents have written Robert happy birthday letters. Um, one didn't, and he may be in the news recently. So that might tell you why you don't disrespect Robert the doll, okay? So that's the level we're talking about here. But he's our baseline, but he's not a place, right, Erica? Oh, did we lose you again? Oh, no, I muted. Sorry, oh, he is okay. not he a place. So he doesn't count as a he spooky place. So do you want to start with our fifth scariest place in Florida? Our fifth scariest place in Florida. What do you think it I, is? I, I, you know what? 
Um, I know it's probably your house. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> because well, of all the weird crap you bring home. So I I'm thinking it's, it's your house. I, so. I don't know, man. I, you know, I grew up there and uh, let me tell you, I think the scariest thing was probably the, the carpet, but <laughs> we, we I, definitely, my I'll, dad has a habit for bringing in spooky haunted things into our home. What? I know, right? No. Like different haunted dolls what, have been in there. You, you brought like a Bible that looked so cursed. Like it was just like somebody had cut a bunch of things and then glued it into this Bible and like over different passages and stuff. And I was like, there's a ghost in that. You can't, there's no way. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's gonna place a problem that's on the bookshelf. Um, no, um, I think, um, let's start. Uh, I talked about this place last night because it came up and I wasn't going to talk about it yesterday, but I wound up talking about it. I think we should start at the May Springer house. Ooh. Oh, we have a whole episode on the May Springer house. We did an episode on May Springer, but I think we could just go a little bit. Well, you're right. We did, didn't we? Yeah, we can't tell the podcast listeners again. That's but true. If you haven't heard, uh, listen to our Brooksville episode. We talk a lot about the May Stringer house and just the different spirits that are present there, uh, as well as just the dark history of the building itself yeah. and if you ever want to go there just go to brooksville it's really cool okay so then yeah. let's go to a little south there let's go to clearwater yeah and one of my favorites about are you want to talk about this one i do i do i get to talk about this one because then i get to look like the shining light of this podcast when you go super dark at the end so <laughs> and if you listen to our podcast you'll know i'm not the shining light of the podcast, but here we go. Um, so the place we're going to go is a place called the Bill Bellevue Biltmore Hotel, which is in Clearwater, Florida. So all these places, part of our podcast is we want to find places you can also travel to. That's why we call it Erie Travels. So the Bellevue Biltmore, um, Mark has all the dates of this, is a really, really large hotel with lots of little sub buildings like little bungalows that go with it and it's an on a ginormous golf course and it's absolutely beautiful if you get a chance to go down there but the old hotel and i know they've done a ton of renovations marked is the old hotel still standing the main hotel is still standing yes but they were going to be bulldozing it at one point so there was a big fight to save it and thankfully they were able to save about 80 percent of the big building which is awesome. Now, Mark has some of the um, experiences. Sorry, I'm the reason I'm not there live with you is I'm with my granddaughter. And so you might hear a little granddaughter in the background. Okay. Um, but uh, one of, I'm gonna just share my experience. This is a yes. really old hotel. There's a lot of well-known ghosts that are in this hotel, but I went there because a friend of mine wanted to get married there possibly. So we were walking around and there's a beautiful sort of ballroom upstairs. I want to say it's on the third floor. Mark, oh, do you yes. remember if it's the third floor? And um, it had these beautiful chandeliers and it had the tables set up so that you could kind of see what the tables would look like in this ballroom. And we're sitting there and it's, it's you know, a fairly nice day, whatever. And all of a sudden I notice. Um, it looked like somebody walked into the room and to the side. And so I turned around thinking maybe it was another hotel staff or something. Nobody was there. Then all of a sudden, the chandeliers started swinging back and forth very slowly in the room. Wow. And I was like, uh, does, does any, is anybody else seeing this? Me and my friends and everybody, literally, when 
The hotel staff turned around. They just stopped. But my friends saw it. So it wasn't as crazy as I thought I was. But as we toured this entire hotel, something followed us from room to room. You could see it out of the corner of the eye. Totally the creepiest, one of the creepiest experiences ever where you have ghost goosebumps the entire time you're walking around. And when we were leaving and looking up at the hotel, it, there was something in the ballroom window, just looking at us, a figure. I Um, would never go there again. Thank you. I didn't want to bring it home with me. There is lots of age. It's also on the third floor. And what's cool about him was in the late 80s, when they were originally bulldozing this place, they were convinced it was going to go down. Uh, we ran a haunted house down there. So I started was running a haunted attraction called Hellview Cemetery. Classic. And we went there to get display stuff, stuff we could put into display in the haunted house. So we could have a creepy lamp, have a creepy lamp and stuff like this. And, um, and I thought it would all be cheap. I was very wrong. Uh, they did the auction for the stuff. And because it was such a famous place, they did a Gatsby party. Oh, yeah. And everybody was all dressed in like 30s guard. And they had all these bellhops dressed up. Now, what was cool was the spirits of St. Petersburg is the St. Pete Paranormal Investigative Research Team led by Dr. Brandy Stark. Uh, they were there to look for the bellhop ghost on the third floor because they were convinced this is the last chance to see the bellhop ghost. So they all went up to that third floor with all their equipment, just like the paranormal team outside. They have all that equipment and they get up on the elevator on the third floor and there's the bellhop standing at the end of the hall. And they were all like, oh, there's a guy in a costume. They knew it was gonna happen. It was great. And he comes up towards them and they're like, bravo, man, good job. And then the fourth one over next to him goes, what are y'all talking to? Who, who are you talking to? They, she didn't see it. The other three did. So that's one of my things is when people tell me I don't believe in ghosts, I've never seen a ghost and all that. I'm like, that person looked solid. It looked like a guy in a suit. I actually went downstairs and said, who was the guy upstairs that did such a good job and scared us? And nobody had been up to the third floor. None of the bellhops. So did we see a ghost? I, you know, We saw something we can't explain. So, um, and that's what, uh, so yes, so the Bellevue, you can stay there. It is open again. They've renovated it. Uh, and uh, it's been 1880s was when they built that. So it's still a wonderful place to visit. Lots of fun. So let's and move on are, to number two. I was going to say, Mark, just to throw in there, there are other ghosts that have been reported at the Bellevue Biltmore. Yes, None of them seem to be bad or harmful. So if you just want to go have a fun experience, you can do that. And maybe or maybe not, you'll have somebody extra staying in room that's not sharing the fee. Always fun. Ooh. Okay, so that's 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 our low bar. That's low-hanging fruit. Let's yeah. move up. All right. Okay. Yeah, so rather than two, <laughs> this, yeah, would that's, this would be four. All right, sorry, counting backwards. That's, it's, okay. it's too early in the day for me. All right, so counting backwards, we're at number four now. The scariest thing is math, and we know that. Yes, the scariest <laughs> thing is math. Uh, number four, I'm going to say the scariest place for me. Mm-hmm. And we'll go from there. All right. And uh, we should, well, I know what's going to be number one. We got to Oh, yeah. One. No, number one, I feel like anybody's read the first book, they'll know. Let's go number four. Uh, number four, scariest place in Florida. All right, so if you look at Florida from space at night, right? 
it's, you know, that's where the space coast, right? You're flying up, you look down, you see all those lights, and it's all along the beaches. Everywhere along the beaches is nicely bright lit. Then you see those big bright lights near those, and those are the cities along the beaches, the Jacksonville's, the Miami's, the Fort Lauderdale's, the, you know, and then in that bright part in the middle, Orlando. Can't go wrong with Orlando, right? But then if you look around, there's all these little dark spots, right? And then there's these giant dark spots. And those giant dark spots are the Everglades. Yeah. The Ocala National Forest, which is one of the biggest national forests in the world. The Green Swamp, Ooh. which is where we get most of our water supply. And then Mayaka State Forest and then up in the corners, Apalachicola, and a place called Tate's Hell. Oh. You got to love Tate's Hell, right? Uh, but uh, that's, you know, Florida loves to name things. You'll learn that real quick. Wait, you said Tate, right? Tate. Okay, cool. Tate's Different. Hell. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, man got lost there for two weeks when he came out. They, they said, where have you been? He said, been through hell. So that's where it got the name. So, oh, poor no Tate. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, so that one dark spot that we mentioned, the Green Swamp. Mm -hmm. All right. So the Green Swamp, it's a little north of Tampa Bay, and then it kind of goes all the way over Central Florida. And this area had... It's probably one of the most common sightings of our wonderful Florida skunk ape. It's sighted a lot there, right? Um, we have uh, other, you know, UFOs are sighted there a lot. Uh, the Navy has a bombing range in the middle of it. So you get same with Ocala National Forest. So there are anacondas are sighted there a lot. Gators. Are uh, <laughs> my danger there though is herpes monkeys. Oh my God. Yes. These were monkeys that got, they filmed the Tarzan show in the 60s out at Silver Springs near Ocala. And this one guy wanted to cash in on it. Everybody's like, oh, they left them there uh, after the show was over. And they, the reason we had this population explosion of monkeys. What did they do to those monkeys? Well, they filmed them for a TV show and then left them there. But that's not where these monkeys come from. These monkeys came from a guy who wanted to cash in on that. So he built an island to, and then brought monkeys over to inhabit his island as a tourist attraction. Okay. And then as the river dried up, uh -huh. the monkeys got loose and started breeding and inbreeding. And they have a form of herpes that is deadly to humans. And they will come get you. Uh-oh. So be careful if you spend the night in the green swamp. But the main thing you want to watch out for, we're going to go ghostly. I'm, I give you your ghost. I gave you her piece. Um, uh, Mark, I hate this. I'm just going to say this for the audience. I, I think um, deadly herpy monkeys may be one of the main things we need to watch out for. That's Not from a paranormal true. standpoint, but I'm just saying, well, if we're was, disclaiming. There was a couple that had a homestead there. There was a Stewart family. Mm -hmm. uh, they had this wonderful homestead in the green swamp. I see uh, the past tense verbiage here. Yes. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was 1800s. Oh, okay. So uh, early 1900s, they had lived there for some time mm -hmm. and they were found murdered in their homestead. They had been chopped to pieces. And everybody said, who did it? The skunk ate. They were convinced the only thing that could have massacred these people was Bigfoot. And that lasted um, 
is the skunk ape known for chopping people to pieces? Because I have not heard that story as a pointed weapon, no. So that last that theory lasted about a day before they realized, oh no, we've got a we've got a real problem here. And they found out that it was their grandson had murdered them to steal their money. Their grandson, the skunk ape. The skunk ape, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, and he and a friend had done it and committed the crime and went to jail. But the Stewart homestead still stands in the middle of the green swamp. It has survived every hurricane Mother Nature can throw at it for over 100 years. It's not much left, but if you go there, right next to it is the grave of Mary and John Stewart. And the herpes monkeys. And the herpes monkeys. So that is why it is the scariest place for me. So. Okay. All right, so that was number four. So are they, wait a minute, so they're there, are they known to haunt that area? What are the experiences people have yes, had? The people see them farming and still tending the grounds there. Uh, there's an amazing YouTuber named uh, Florida Trailblazer. Ooh, if anybody's nice. seen this guy, this guy literally goes out into the swamp, into Ocala National Forest, into those dark places and videographies everything that uh is that a word i made up i think it's that is a word but keep yeah. going keep going own documents, it documents all these places and uh what's cool about him is that at one point he found a puppy that had been lost in an old phosphorus mine and saved it made national and the puppy's okay and the puppy's fine yeah, returned to it had been missing for two weeks and lost in this little old phosphorus mine so, so good one more thing to watch out for in the green swamp was abandoned phosphorus mines um, and I guess random dogs and random dogs. Yeah. So, so that sounds like a plus. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder it's so low. All right. So let's go to the one everybody wants to talk about the city that everybody goes to see ghosts uh, at. What is the number one city for ghosts in Florida? Everybody, you can raise your hand. Disney World. St. Augustine. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Not Disney World. Okay. Not uh, Disney. On. <laughs> Although that's got its own ghost stories. So. Yeah. Does everybody know there's a ghost at Disney? Yeah, yeah the, the, the hey, no Pirates tangents. of Caribbean, right? We'll make okay. a different episode about that. Oh, yeah. oh shiny objects, Mark. Get back on track. St. Augustine. we will be in here for two so hours. St. Augustine. There are so many ghost stories in St. Augustine. It's like a cottage business. Yeah. Uh, but Erica, I believe you have one you love. My favorite one is the saint. The guy who was, he was a bishop, right? Was a bishop. Oh, is that the one? He was a bishop, and when he died, he, he um, what? He did not make it as a saint. He was on his he, way to there, but he didn't make it. Yeah, no, he was supposed to be a saint, but when he died, he um was put in a metal coffin with a glass lid. Yes. So um, I'm I I you know, Florida has a thing called heat, and back then it did not have a thing called air conditioning, and this was in the middle of the summer. So um, to one of my favorite lines from Galaxy Quest, and it exploded. So this de saint's dead body in this wonderful casket with the glass lid exploded within the casket during viewings from people who could go view this man's wonderful body. So amazingly, he still kind of haunts the place, which I would too, because I think, you know, if, if they caused me to be buried in some way that I then exploded, it would create that effect, I think. Now, so that is my favorite St. Augustine. Yeah, now, he's buried in Tolomato Cemetery. Yes. Now, Tolomato is the dark cemetery. You go the, When you go to St. Augustine, you see the big castle, the Castillo. 
Um, and then across the street from that is the Huguenot Cemetery where those that were not Catholic were buried. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you go into the city gates. Which oh, you saw my friend, yeah. Uh, we'll come back to that because that's what I want to talk about. But uh, if you go up to the next road over, uh, you know, the big St. George's Street is the main road. Next to that is the road where um, Tolomato Cemetery is. Oh, yeah. Tolomato was the Catholic cemetery, and it goes predates the Catholic uh, church there because it was a native burial ground first. Uh, it has several ghosts that are seen quite often there. Yeah. Uh, and there's this amazing bed and breakfast right next to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, that you can stay in. And um, there's a haunted bride that is seen there many times. And then what's funny is one night we were there with a ghost tour and we were talking about the haunted bride. Yeah. And as we were talking about it, this lady parts the curtain. Yeah. Right as we were talking about it. And everybody freaks out because it's the haunted bride. We lost just, it. <laughs> it was the lady on our honeymoon, but yeah. you know, it just uh yeah. So, just wanted to look out at the city. <laughs> yeah. Um and she didn't know we were all down there taking pictures. Or so, uh, <laughs> or paid performer. We don't know. Yeah. But, or the ghost. But you you're tell us your story oh, about well, the gates. I have talked about it on the podcast before. But it's a, I guess I could tell it for you guys. Um so we were at, on, like, on a ghost tour in St. Augustine, the way you do. Uh, we were at the Huguenot Cemetery, and I was, like, seven, maybe eight. Um, and, like, seven or eight-year-olds do. I got bored. Um, so I started walking over to the city gates because I was like, ooh, those look cool. So I start waddling over, um, and I saw this little girl in the gate. And I was like, hi. She said, beware of yellow jack. She had these big yellow eyes. And I was like, cool. Can do. And so like I walk over, they're they're all starting to come leave the Huguenot Cemetery and come towards the city gate. Uh, and then I said, uh, what's Yellow Jack? And then uh, my dad and the tour guide were like, oh, well, that's a word for yellow fever. So it turns out this little girl was the daughter of, I believe, like the the guy who like guarded the, the city gate. The gatekeeper. Yeah. I forgot words for a minute. Um, so he was doing that. And he had died. So his daughter had started warning people about the yellow fever that had infected the city. Um, and their their ghost is still yep. there. It's really crazy. Yeah. And when he died, uh, the, the the girl kept up the the job for a couple of weeks after him before she died mm -hmm. of yellow fever. So St. Augustine, you go there, you'll hear all these stories, you'll hear all these places. It's it is one of the biggest per capita ghost towns for sure i like just a little north of it is uh amelia island mm. fernandina beach um that's the real pirate city that was where yes. pirates of the caribbean really uh this guy named blackbeard lived there for a while um and i'm going and but uh before we leave st augustine let's talk about uh the old jail oh my god the, that's the jail really is... the most haunted place in san yeah the jail is up there for me for sure i mean we went there on not the same ghost tour. This was like quite a few years later. I think I was like 15 when this happened. Uh, we were doing like a night ghost tour and we had like the opportunity to go into the old jail. And like, they took us up into the actual jail cell, which like the only window you could just see like where they had like the hanging situation. And that was all you could see <laughs> when you were sitting in the prison. And they were talking about how like crowded the prison was and just how like, 
I guess, terrible the treatment was for everyone that was in there. And as like they were talking about that, I could kind of just like feel a bunch of people in there. And like, I just got like bombarded with all of this, like really overwhelming negative energy of like, get out and like, we can't leave and stuff like that. And I was like, I don't want to be in here anymore. So I just walked out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I don't know if that was anything or if that was just me getting the Wiggins, but honestly, it's, it's a terrifying thing. It's, it's scary because it's like, you know, a lot of our scary stuff is like based in ghosts, but a lot of it is also based in just really messed up human history. And this is absolutely an example of that. And it was, um, they had uh, 11 hangings there in the short time it was open. Yeah. Uh, it did not last long, but then it became a community center mm -hmm. for a long time. And now it's a tourist attraction. So, yeah. but, uh, uh, and, and when they take you in, they'll take you up to the top floor and they'll say, this is where it was the solitary confinement. This is the, yeah. that's actually where the mess hall was. So don't listen to that part, but the rest of it's legit there, so. Yeah, like where the actual cells were was. Did we lose Erica? Oh No, but I was gonna chime in here. I think a lot of people don't realize that there was a lot of monasteries in St. Augustine and there was oh, yeah. a lot of pirates. So when you walk around like the old St. Augustine, like the area that everybody tourists, that entire place is a graveyard, basically, because the amount of bodies that just were piled up there from many, many incursions, battles, things like that, in just that area, that whole space um, has just amazing uh, paranormal energy. But my favorite part of St. Augustine, though, besides, of course, my exploding um, not saint, is that they do drunken pub crawl ghost tours. So if Thank you're you. on board with that, that's yeah. my favorite thing. Get drunk in places that are haunted. <laughs> yeah, spirits with spirits. Let's All do right. it. But Mark, I think you got to move on, on, right? I think we're into the we're into the top now. So oh yeah, yeah. we got to go dark. Were we on three? Yeah, three okay. numbers are so hard. Numbers numbers are tough, man. Numbers Let's tough. see. We All did right. uh the. Okay. All right. So that was three, if we're counting, and I don't know why I'm the one doing the math. Stop two. All right. Okay. Stop two. We're gonna go dark now. Is everybody ready? This is where it gets crazy. All right. Trigger warning. There are a lot of places in Florida named after the devil, right? We've got Tate's Hell. We talked about. Yeah. There's a great place up near Gainesville called Devil's Mill Hopper. Uh, which is a sinkhole on top of another sinkhole, mm. has a great legend. They think it's the entrance to the underworld. It's because they found dinosaur bones. Uh, but uh, we have Casadega, not too far yeah. from here. With the devil's chair? With the devil's chair. Uh, if you sit in it late at night, at midnight, a dark power will visit you and bring you a wish. Well, a dark power will visit you. It's called the police. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because it is private property. Don't go there at night. Um, but you can go in the day and it's really cool. But the place I think of that is probably one of the scariest places in Florida is in Port St. Lucie. And it is the Devil's Tree. Somebody, yeah. somebody mentioned it. Yes. Um, now, Disclaimer, do not yeah. try to go find the Devil's Tree. Well, it's, it's actually one of the nicest places to go visit. Yeah, don't just, encourage just, that. Uh, but <laughs> no. um, here's the key to the Devil's Tree. When you do research on Florida stories and you start reading newspaper articles from the past, and if a man has three names in the headlines, all three names are listed, he's one of two things. He's either A, a politician, or B, 
Serial killer, yes. <laughs> this was Gerard John Schaefer's haunting ground. This was a guy, 1973, liked to do what he called twofers. He was a sheriff's deputy and he would flash his badge on hitchhikers and he would take them to this tree he knew of that was near this old abandoned house and he would tie them to the tree and he would do terrible things to them. And then he would make them choose which one dies first. And then he would make the other one watch. And then after he did that, he would do terrible things to the corpse while the person watched. And then he'd do stuff to his, the other victim and kill them. So he got away with this. We don't know how long. Uh, that's the scariest part of this is we don't know how many times he did this. Um, he moved a little ways north. He lost his job. Mm -hmm. Oh, darn. Sheriff's deputy killing people loses his job. And <laughs> yeah. moved back in with his mother. Uh, sounds familiar? Serial killer with a mother? Uh, <laughs> and uh, there he starts again as a sheriff's deputy in another county, but he doesn't have access to the tree. He doesn't have access to the house. And so he screws up. Mm -hmm. And this time he gets caught. Two people escape. Good. And they go and they warn the sheriff, this guy's crazy. And he says, oh, I was just scaring them. I wasn't really going to do anything bad. <laughs> yeah, um, you really scared them. <laughs> so he gets arrested for false imprisonment and false arrest. Not anything worse. And while he's on trial for that, that's when back at the old devil's tree, a... Um, a uh, person who was uh, panhandling, looking for tin and loose stuff, finds the old house, and he's collecting stuff to go recycle. And then he goes out to the tree, and that's when he finds a couple body parts. So he calls the police. Police get out there, and they realize, man, this is an awful lot like what that guy was doing just a little ways north of us. So they get a warrant. They go search his mother's house. And they find in his room his shoebox, his trophy case. And in there he has 86 stories of how he's murdered people. And they find driver's licenses yeah. and other trophies, including teeth. Yeah, this one's messed up, guys. Sorry, I warned you at the beginning, and now Erica did anyway. Uh, I warned you at the beginning and then again, right before we started this. Yeah, What's really so, interesting about him is though he's not one of the most talked about serial killers. You hear about Bundy and Kemper and many other people, but this particular gentleman is not one of the ones that's talked about a lot, even yes. though it appears he had potentially a higher body count than most. You know and, what? That's fine. We don't got to talk about it. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, is so he gets on trial, they were able to piece those teeth to the two bodies. Mm -hmm. And so he is convicted for murder of two. And they start researching all these other ones. And he's like, oh, those, 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 those piles of stories, that's fiction. I'm, I'm a writer. I'm a horror writer. And that's a, how I could have done it. And so he <laughs> actually publishes the book, Serial Fiction, or Killer Fiction. Oh my God. By a serial killer. Uh, you can find it at your library. Do not pay money for the book. Because um, <laughs> it's actually not very good either. Uh, but um, 
Anyway, now Gerard goes on to proclaim his innocence. He's been set up. This is all uh, uh, innocent. Uh, and I did not kill 86 other people. But in the meantime, he's pen-palling Ted Bundy, saying, yeah, I've killed more than you. Ha ha. Wow. And because um, Ted was obsessed with being number one, and he was not happy that this guy might outlive the outnumber. Um, he was murdered in prison. Good. Uh, yeah, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy, right? Stabbed by his roommate. Both eyes were taken out, and he stabbed 49 times. Nice. <laughs> I don't know how badly you have to piss off your roommate for that, but I think um, I would say quite badly because I think eating. I think. Yeah, yeah. No, stole his stole his toothbrush or something. We don't know that her name was Debbie. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you guys. Bad, bad. That's why we keep you in the producer room. Uh, but, uh, Normally anyway. not allowed to talk. This is weird. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, so anyway, everybody's. The whole reason he did this was nothing to do with with him. The tree made him do it. Oh my the god! The tree is what really drove. That's why he couldn't do it everywhere else because he failed at the other places. He had lost the tree. Right. So the story went that the tree is the devil's tree, and it drips black sap. And if you collect that sap and use it for your satanic rituals. We just did an episode on satanic panic, right? Yeah. Uh, Woo, satanic panic! Let's do it! Tree dripping uh, blood! No, that's not a thing. If you selected that black sap and used it for your rituals, it would be very, very powerful. So people started collecting the sap from this tree and wearing cloaks and stuff. And the people in this little town of Port St. Lucie were like, we have to put a stop to this. Yeah. So chop the tree down. So they hired two guys. They go out there to chop the tree down. Their chainsaws break. The minute they start, hmm. being manly men, let's go to Home Depot, get a couple more chainsaws. On the way to the town, Home Depot, they both get in a car accident, head on collision, and both die. So the legend of the tree grows. Right, row. So this one lady gets a brilliant idea. Says, oh, the reason they die is they had pieces of the tree and the broken chainsaws. So if I go get a piece of that tree and put it in the car of somebody I hate, like my cheating husband, I will get away with murder. Why do people do things? She didn't think far enough ahead, though, because she had to take the piece in her car. Right. Like, And guess what happened? She got in a car accident. She didn't die, but almost. <laughs> so that's the legend of the tree grows. So the city then says, all right, we got to stop the sap at least. Right. So they first tried poisoning the tree. That doesn't work. They filled the hole that drips the sap with concrete, thinking, well, that'll choke the tree. The tree grew around it and now has an impervious cement trunk and it's never going anywhere. Um, the house was bulldozed, finally. And they decided to buy the land and they made it a park. And it is Oak Hammock State Park in Port St. Lucie. And you can drive there, visit. And if you take the main path that they put through the nice park, you will never, ever see the devil's tree. You will see two other trees that they call the fake devil's tree, for those of you who know, because they look like a concrete tree. But if you just follow the path along the water and take the second little side entrance in, you can't miss it. And believe me, you'll know it. And then if you go a little further, you'll see the ruins of the house, too. 
Um, and you can find all about that in Freaky Florida, available from oh, comic bookstores. I mean, <laughs> gotta do the plug, guys. Gotta plug the books. Gotta plug the books. Yeah. But um, um, disclaimer, there, though. Don't try to take anything from the tree or the house. Don't be one of those people. You want to go there and take a look, take a look, there. but just don't mess with it. Yeah, leave only footsteps. When we went there last time, there was candle wax on the tree roots because somebody had done some sort of ritual there. Uh, but, you know, nothing else. Pay respects to the victims because there were some yeah, terrible Pay respects there. to the tree. Like, I don't want to be that guy, but the tree did not volunteer for all of this. It's just a tree. Like, he's just well, living his tree life. But if you do go there, it is creepy as heck. And that is the one place we went with a film crew for oh, Discovery yeah. Channel. And when they went to film, that is the one place they had bad interaction with the cameras, bad sound. And we had to re we had to redub all the footage there. So pretty crazy stuff. All right. So are we on the we're at the top. Ooh, number one is we we do have some other honorable mentions though, don't we? we? Some we honorable do. mentions, yes. So, because we got a few minutes, so what you want? What, what what's your honorable mention, Erica? Well, um, obviously, there are many places in downtown Orlando that are haunted. There is the Cuban restaurant in Tampa. Oh yeah, the Cuban, um, uh, the Cuban club. Yep, the Cuban club in Tampa in um, uh, Ybor City is yeah. very well known to be haunted. Discovery Channel calls it one of the top 10 most haunted places in America. And might I say, very close to the castle, which is a great place to go. Oh, great. Okay. We love the castle. Yes. Those in the know, we love the castle. So Yeah, that one's not haunted. It's just cool. It's just cool. Well, it's well it kind of depends on what you're considering a haunting. I'm just yeah, going to say, like, some nights. Haunted, yeah. And the fact that they allowed smoking at it for so long. Oh, my so God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Haunted by smells of the past. Yeah, but the, the Cuban Club is really cool. Yeah, uh, four floors uh, made out of marble, and uh, there's at least two ghosts on each floor that they know of. Um, a, a drowned child in the basement, a uh, Hector who committed suicide in front of an audience on the third floor. Uh, and then the fourth floor of the ballroom, famously, uh, Madame Moore, the infamous Bordello player, she was married up there, and on her way to her wedding reception, she tripped and fell on the fourth floor, broke her neck. And you gotta love a, a, a madam who owns a brothel in Florida named Madame Orr, and her brothel was called the Orr House. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Florida. We love to name things. So she was one of the first ways we got into these stories. Yeah, she was actually one of those famous characters from history that nobody talks about. She, the Bordello was uh, burned down by Teddy Roosevelt's Rough Raiders because a couple of them didn't return to work after going there. So you know, I, I keep thinking it's from dusk till dawn. She had vampires. With her. Uh, so and, you know, we gotta have, we gotta stop them. So for sure. Um, but and then uh, of course there's the Don Cesar. We did an episode on that. It's our Valentine's Day yeah, episode. So we talked about the ghosts of the Don Cesar. That's over in St. Pete. That's a great episode. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, we we talk about a lot of stuff in that episode. <laughs> yeah, that was what we talked about with Lincoln. Hell yeah. Uh, we kick her off of that. Uh, oh I, my goodness! How did you go there? <laughs> um, no, um, I like uh, near here. How many people know uh, Oak Lawn Cemetery downtown? Oh, yeah. A few people. Um, that was Sunland Hospital was here, and that was also known as Sunland Home for the Mentally Insane before it got its name as Sunland Hospital. Um, and that was just over near the airport area. And they had so many dead from there 
there was a section in the cemetery called Baby Lane. And it was where all the children oh, are buried. That's what they named my preschool. Stop it. No. <laughs> Babyland grew so much they had to make Babyland 2. The Electric Google? Yeah, the sequel. <laughs> and then finally, Babyland 3 just opened a few years ago. And that was right as the hospital closed. Christ. The hospital has been bulldozed, Good. but uh, you can go visit that cemetery and see some things while you're here. It's not too far. Or so. don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the nice thing, there's a nice mausoleum there, the Wells family mausoleum. The guy who built it was named Vernon Wells. Mm -hmm. And he used to come there every day while he was building his mausoleum and tell people, hey, look, this is where I'm going to be buried. Isn't this awesome? I love that in a guy. And of yeah. course, his ghost still comes there and goes, hey, look, this is where I'm buried. Isn't this awesome? And people are like, really? He's like, nope, that's that's me. And, you know, Nick Cage yeah. does the same thing at his gravestone in, uh, <laughs> in, in uh, New Orleans. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he, what was it? I heard a ghost guy like tell a story about how like, Nick Cage one time in an interview was like, all these women will like kiss my tombstone. It's crazy. And the 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 storyteller was like, I'm pretty sure it's just Nick Cage going and kisses kissing his own tombstone. <laughs> all right, but yeah, I think it's time. We've got to we got to rip it. The band it is off. time. So we talked about trigger so, warning, my friends. Okay, this is the ultimate trigger warning. I'm gonna say one word, and those of you who know this word are gonna know this is the most yeah. terrible, terrible place in Florida. And that is Dozier. Yeah. Anybody know this one? Okay. Mariana, Florida, the Dozier School for Boys. One of the most messed up chapters in Floridian history. Yeah. Okay. So all the trigger warnings have been tabled. Everybody's good. All right. We're going to turn down the lights. We're going to get even darker than serial killers, haunted dolls, and all this. All right. So Dozier opens in 1911 and uh, it is supposed to be where the worst of the worst kids are going to be sent kids who commit crimes on other kids kids who kill other kids kids who you know wait for their kids are all going to be sent to this place they're going to hold the worst 500 of them there it opens within five years they have over a thousand kids sent there but they have not expanded the facilities at all what could go wrong? What's going to go wrong? So these kids. And they're also not just sending the worst of the worst there. Well, that quickly changes. Yeah. Because at first it was the worst of the worst, but then it became just the, the ones they don't want to deal with in the juvenile system. So the kids who don't have any family, the kids who don't have any money, yeah. the kids who won't be missed. So they start sending them there. And it, it quickly grows to over 5,000 students. Um, and these are kids, you know. Um, now, the abuse cases initially are kid on kid, but of course it expands to where the staff is implicated. Um, and a senator comes in to check out these allegations. This is, you know, what is going on here? He says, this should be closed down immediately. And he's right. And nothing happens. That was 1923. So less than 12 years after it started, and it's still nothing happens. Now, um, it quickly became the Florida School of Boys. Uh, then it became uh, Arthur Dozier School, because that was the guy who was the headmaster of it. Um, 
and kids started getting sent there for just about anything. Yeah. Um, one of the kids was sent there for truancy. One of the kids was sent there for smoking. One of the kids was sent there for incorrigibleness. Bro. I'm like, what? I would have been so in trouble. So like, <laughs> you would have been there. No, I know. <laughs> it was a little stinker. I get it. Um, Still am. And now you'd think this would then close down again after it was investigated in 1940, 1956, mm -hmm. 1963, 1978, 1986. It closed in 2011. Yeah. A hundred years. And um, when it finally closed, Professor Kimberly from USF me and a few ghost hunters and uh, and a few other people, they would finally get to go on to the Dozier property. We're all excited because I've heard nothing but ghost stories. At this point, we didn't know the real history of what had happened there. But we knew there were 24 reported deaths, but there were 31 grave markers in the boot hill. And something who, wasn't adding up. <laughs> yeah, who were the other seven kids? That's what we wanted, right? And so we start doing ground penetrating radar, Professor Kimberly and her wonderful anthropological team. And um, they found 55 bodies. Mm -hmm. 24 recorded deaths. Remember, that's the 24 radio is all we were supposed to be getting. Yeah. What are these other kids? Um, and then that's when the kids who are, have survived this school start telling us their stories and telling us what really was going on. And it's rough, guys. It's rough. And it's rough. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We have got, um, so this is just, there's an organization and it's named after one building there. What they did around somewhere in the 1960s, they built an extra building called the White House. It was just a big white block house. And their initial description was, this is our solitary confinement this is where again of course the worst is going to be put and two cells in it it's very tiny and they're 10 by 10 cells and then a little room in the front for the officer to sit in and um then they put two giant industrial fans on the sides of it so why would you put industrial fans on the side of this one there's no air conditioning anywhere else in the school all the way to 2011 no air conditioning uh, in Florida. Mariana, it's not so bad in the panhandle, but it's not great though. Uh, but anyway, the reason they put the industrial fans on it, as any kid who survived Dozier will tell you, is that that was so that they could hide the sound of the beatings and the smell. And it was, they would bring you in there and they would whip you. And they had a 10 foot whip in a 10 by 10 room. And they called it Black Beauty. And it would tap the wall, tap the ceiling, and then come down on your back, crack. And so you hear that tap, tap, crack. I feel like a named weapon is just a red flag. Yes, exactly. Um, in a school. In a school. <laughs> and uh, you would only know how many times you've been beaten if the kid in the cell next to you kept counting for you because you blacked out pretty quick. Um, and then you had to go do your own laundry afterwards the next morning and not complain about it or you'd be kept in there another day. And these were the things we started finding out. And it was terrible. 
And so we'd start looking into the records. Now, if we go all over the world to graveyards in the middle of nowhere, England, Romania, and, and we can say, hey, where's this grave? And they'll say, oh, that lady is World for Section 6. You know, she was buried in 1427. Mm -hmm. Dozier could not tell us any of the names of any of the kids in the graveyards. No one could, they could not tell us anything. Remember that 27 number. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's crazy. And, uh, you know, things like, um, and then one family had gotten their, their son was sent to them and he was buried in the 1990s and said uh, he had escaped and was hit by a train. So they sent an empty casket to his family in Tennessee. We only know that because we were able to dig up the exhumation of the body with uh, Professor Kimberly leading the charge, and they found it was filled with wood. So they had done a closed casket funeral for this kid. And uh, honestly, don't send the casket at that point. Just send a letter. Yeah. So uh, killed while escaping. And uh, when we found his actual records at the school, though. It just said, no longer here, presumed escape. So and I, weren't there many of those? So, yeah. you know, they found 55 corpses, but there were many, many more they, they, that were they, never they, found. Another graveyard uh -huh. that we didn't even know about that a lot of the students said there was a second Boot Hill. Uh, and that was where they kept the secret corpses and primarily the African American. As opposed to all those public corpses, yes, I guess. that they do about it, so. <laughs> um, Anyway, so when you go to Dozier, there is definitely ghosts and monsters and all that, but the real history is so much darker, so much scarier. Yeah. Uh, so we didn't write about the ghosts too much of that. Um, but uh, yeah, on that down note, that's well, definitely the scariest place in Florida. And they're finally bulldozing it. Uh, they are turning part of it into a learning center for adults with autism to get reintegrated into society. So there's some good out of this. Uh, the White House, they are not bulldozing. They are saving it as a marker for who watches the Watchmen. The state Senate finally protected the building and said, nobody touch it, nobody do it. So. Um, it's so important that we don't forget. We don't forget our history. And that's what we do. We try to keep the history alive and all that. So now if you really want to, you know, see something super scary, just go outside and look at any of the ghosts out there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, my goodness, we're out of time. I, I can give you guys one good fun travel yes. if you want. Um, if you guys drive a little bit onto the I-4 dead zone, there is a tiny town called Casadega with that we briefly touched on, entirely founded by spiritual mediums really cool town it's yeah. just got a really fun energy that's where that devil's chair we were talking about is and just like a cute cemetery it's a, a great town. town it's a great town. Recommend. thank you all so much for coming please follow us eerietravels.com for sure erica thanks for joining us absolutely i hope you guys do not take anything home with you from this talk yeah. if you do get your sage out And thank you so much for listening, gang. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Our first live show ever. Callie, what did you think? I mean, it was really fun. Uh, definitely, I I had a lot of fun talking about it. Um, I had a lot of fun listening to the stuff that you were saying. Um, I, I definitely learned quite a bit about several locations. I mean, I didn't really remember a whole lot about the Devil's Tree, but I remembered the day that you like had went and called me, yeah. but- 
it was it was really cool and it was nice getting to go and see all of our fans you can't really hear them in the recording but we have you good know mics. It, it's like we have, yeah. a good, we have a good producer who provided us with you know good equipment it's amazing man that's crazy you should give them a raise yes yes <laughs> give them a raise uh everybody should go to our sponsors and reach out to them i mean uh, you know please buy their products and uh yeah, you know, once again, thanks to Dick Terhune. He's been a sponsor since day one, uh, The Voice from Hell. Uh, if you have, uh, you, even if you don't run your own haunted attraction or, you know, or anything to do that, he's great for advertising. He's great for everything. Uh, he is a marketing guru, uh, but also, you know, he'd be good for doing voiceover work for you. Uh, but, uh, and then we have our wonderful Destiny Beard, did our, does our music all the time. We love her to death. Uh, not a sponsor, just a wonderful plug. She'll be uh, doing the finale here as we fade out. Uh, we also have to thank Paranormality Magazine, our first big sponsor that uh, loves us. And uh, paranormalitymag.com. You can go there, use the code TRAVELS, and that's how you'll get 10% off anything on their website, including subscriptions, including single issues, including the t-shirts and all the fun merch they've got. And, you know, let them know that we sent you. That's, that's, you know, it helps us. It helps everybody. And then we can afford to give that producer the raise that they so well deserve. Uh, but um, I'm going to do a, they, they have a quick uh, thing on their website too, for like the, your favorite uh, horror paranormal podcast. Yes, please. If you, we would if work. you're like, you know what, that podcast for me is eerie travels. You go on that site and you plug the crap out of us. We would love it. Or go on there plug whatever other podcast you're listening to like if you're listening to into the fray or something like yeah. absolutely go on there plug them Any it's the a really ones, cool thing we've been on wild and weird radio uh cryptids of the corn uh, there's a lot of big ones up there and we'd mm -hmm. love to be on that list so if somebody wants to vote for us hey we, we'd love it uh uh, we, you know, that's, that's definitely, we'd appreciate it if you guys went there. We appreciate you all coming out to Megacon to see us, all those fans that came up to see us and we will mm -hmm. be doing more conventions. Uh, we've got our appearances list up on the website at eerietravels.com. And you can also follow us on our Facebook and our socials and all that. And then feel free to like, share and subscribe this to everybody, you know, the usual and, you know, spread the word because, Hey, we don't have a big budget yet. We're getting there, but you know, it's, it's, it's nice. And then last but not least, this is, you know, this is kind of important for all of us is that, you know, we want to be at more conventions. We want to do more of these live shows. So please reach out to your local cons and say, Hey, you should bring eerie travels. They put on a heck of a show. Listen to this live podcast they did and, and how crowded it was and how packed it was. And we, you know, and cause we, find a lot of them on our own but we get invited to a lot of them already but we don't know every little con everywhere and we'd love to we medium small little we don't care we love it uh if your library is having a book day you know have them reach out to us so we can probably arrange something but um if nothing else that's what we'd appreciate so just you know thank you all so much for your support as always destiny's gonna play us out and thank you for sticking with us and we'll see you on the other side